Welcome to Get Caught. Whenever we hold each other. Um It's getting it's getting weirder by the second. Welcome to Gentlemen Don't Get Caught, a podcast about the music of REM. It is near Wild Heaven. Uh, and you're here with me, Lynn, and me, Ali. Hello. Excellent. Hello. Um, so, when they will heaven, uh, did this take you near wild heaven? Oh, it's a celestial experience. Excellent. Um, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> I'm losing the plot over here, so I'm just hoping you carry this. <laughs> oh, good luck, because I have. <laughs> <laughs> three lines of notes for this one one of which is one word so i'm not sure why it deserved its whole a whole line for just the word pretty nice but this song is pretty it's very pretty mm. it you, is you quite pretty agreeing with that adjective i am agreeing with that adjective. i'd not written down that um but now that you said it this is certainly a song that when i think of this album and as far as I'm aware, I don't think this was like a single or anything, but I guess I was quite familiar with this album before doing the podcast. Um, and this is a song that I think of when I think of this album, I guess. There's some, you know, occasionally, I don't know, maybe not occasionally, um, you know, like I have a certain set of songs that now and again I'll just like will pop into my head. Hmm. And I just end up singing a bit of, um, just sort of apropos of nothing. And um and like this is one of those songs for me, and I don't really know why. I feel like I am possibly jumping the gun for the summary episode. Hmm. Is that indicative of this being a favourite song from this album, or do you just think of this as being a very typical out of time e song? Um, is it emblematic of this album, or is it just one that you think of? I think it's a song that stuck with me. And I like it a lot. Is it a favourite? It's definitely not a not favourite. <laughs> um, That's about as equivocal as you can possibly Yeah, be. I mean, I like it. What I'm saying is I like it a lot. There are probably, again, foreshadowing the end of this series, but, you know, there are probably two or three songs on this album that I could probably say, like, I think that's a better song than this. Uh, or even possibly that I enjoy more when I'm just sitting down and listening to this album. But yeah, this has stuck with me for whatever reason. Yeah, it's pretty and flowing and yeah, it's good. It's a very pleasant, easy listen. Yeah, it's a pleasant, easy listen. And maybe that's just the kind of songs that get stuck in my brain and I'll just be like... Like the uh, fact that we... Again. I don't know how you're going to edit this, so this might not make any sense. But just the fact I brought this in by just going... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> it's just, you know, very catchy. Is it me... Or does this have, at least to the untrained ear, which is I would certainly describe mine as, heavy Beach Boys vibes, uh, or vi- or vibrations, or good vibrations? I see what you're getting at. As someone who's not very familiar with the Beach Boys, I'm Me not going to commit. That's why I said untrained ear, like because I I feel like everyone, a lot of people have a notion of like what the Beach Boys sort of sound like, even if they're not yeah avid listeners like yes i think it's something about the the harmonies and the 
kind of bright and breeziness. <laughs> Melodic something something. Also, is this a Mike Mills lead vocal, would you say? Would you say it's a lead vocal or would you hmm. say this is just like a lead vocalless song? Because they feel kind of backing vocal e. Yeah, I'd say it's more... It feels more of a shared responsibility than a... Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not really picking out Stipe and his very distinctive voice. Yes. It's definitely not forefront. Hmm. You got me guessing about this now. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm also like, I'm sure we've had a song so far that wasn't a Michael Stipe lead vocal, but I can't think of for the life of me, what that was. So it's like, is this the first one that he hasn't been doing main vocal duties? I don't know. I'm second guessing. I'm Googling now. <laughs> While you're doing that, I have to say, I do like the very sparing use of piano. It's just very restrained and good. Yes. Oh, there wasn't. I was just trying to Google like REM with different vocals, <laughs> but. Uh... Refining it's just not, the question. It's just not coming up. But um, but here we go. T- t- ten, tra- ten tracks sung by Mike Mills. Ooh. Um, most of them are B-sides. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of other bands. Yeah, it does, does have Near One Heaven on this list. Okay. I knew I wasn't wasn't wrong. Okay, here we go. According to this interview with Billboard in 2016, it's almost a co-vocal. I guess technically I'm singing lead, said Mike Mills. <laughs> that that seems to back up what we were just saying, or what you were just saying. Yes! Vindicated <laughs> by Mills himself. Thanks, Mills. He just knew that five years hence, he would be <laughs> making a statement. And exactly. He needed, he needed some backup. Exactly. And spoiler alert, there is there is one more song on this album that uh, apparently is a Mike Mills vocal. So look forward to us discussing that. So it was just, Michael Stipe was just like, yeah, I feel like we can share on this album. <laughs> yeah. Don't feel all egotistical and possessive about the mic. Um, so yeah, we're back to some jangle. This song's got some fun kind of bridges in it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about the lyrics, Ali? What about the lyrics? Is it about love? Is it about the environment? Maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the lyrics never really stick with me, I have to say, on this one. No, it's just the chorus bit, whatever. It's just like... And I'm near and near and near and near and I always thought that it would make me smarter, but it's only made me harder. You went vaguely Cockney there for a minute. I did, yeah. Not for a minute. I'm a Cockney, ge- I'm a Cockney geezer. Geezer. I've been watching too much Danny Dyer. As you always do. I'm just, I can't get enough of Danny Dyer. Out I feel like he's he's a person, every time I see him, I'm like, I shouldn't like this person, but he's just irresistible. <laughs> he's irresistibly charming for reasons that I can't fathom. Well, he's often quite rude about our present government. Yeah, he's a lovable rogue. Yeah. <laughs> He's a lovable Cockney rogue. I feel like we're being vaguely patronising. but you know. I think maybe I'm being very patronising Danny Dyer. Apologies if you're listening to this, Danny Dyer. I think yeah. you're great. Yeah, please don't hurt us. Not that we're making assumptions that like Cockney geezers are all violent. That's, no, that's, we're not. That's we're not doing that. Perpetuate. 
I'm stalling because I can't make head nor tail of... It's fine, we can talk about how Dan Dyer named his daughter Danny Dyer. <laughs> we can. I feel like we might have mentioned Danny Dyer Yeah, I just can't. We can, there's, 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 there's always not enough Danny Dyer facts. <laughs> Saw a very dismissive tweet or something by some historian because... Because he was on, uh, Danny Dyer was on Who Do You Think You Are or whatever, and they're like, are you related to Edward III or something? And then some historian was like, yes, but pretty much everyone's related to Edward III. You know, it was far enough back that, like, everyone's related to everyone else. <laughs> feel like, oh, come on, don't take that away from him, don't be a dick. Yeah, I, it's, I, I would say the sound of this song sounds happier than the lyrics do when you actually read them. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say the lyrics don't seem... Because we've just got... There's the feeling that's going, something has gone wrong. What's gone wrong, Len? What's gone wrong? I don't wrong? know. Something has definitely gone wrong. It feels like a mix. Like, the near, the sort of near world heaven kind of refrain sounds like... it. Do, that doesn't sound particularly low. That sounds fairly optimistic. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of the other... A lot of the verses, I guess, seem pretty, pretty sad. It's that songwriter's trick lures you in yep yep it's the whole bruce springsteen <laughs> it's it's the it's the springsteen the springsteen trick yeah born that's how it gets you see i was born <laughs> born down at the man's town and it, why does it always just turn into club singing like <laughs> it always does <laughs> you hands up like a dog that's been beat too much and half your life just covering up if anyone wants to employ me as a Bruce Springsteen cover band <laughs> I feel like this is a lucrative new career avenue <laughs> I feel like he's lent into it more if you listen to his like later stuff the last sort of 10 years or so um, and I don't know whether it's just his voice sort of naturally changing with age or whether he really is kind of leaning into, like... I feel like he now sings and talks like people sort of do impressions of how Springsteen sung and talked, like, in the 70s and 80s. But when you actually go and listen to some of his earlier stuff, like, it's not really that extreme. Mm. And he's just become... Kind he's, of, like, become the sort of... The yeah. sort of almost self-parodying. Yeah, almost, yeah. Kind of like Sean Connery when you watch the first couple of Bond films. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly his, the same His thing. Scottish accent is there, but it's not like he's yeah. not laying it on with a trowel like it's he exactly is exactly it. subsequent yep. film roles. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of things like Highlander. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't seen Highlander for ages. No, I, I've never seen it all the way through. I've only seen the odd bit. I mean, now I live in Scotland. It's it's the most Scottish film, right? <laughs> I mean, includes in the name. Pa- apart from uh, yeah, apart from Braveheart. <laughs> of course, I need to watch Braveheart and Highlander. I feel like I feel like William Wallace and and whoever is it Connor McLeod. Yeah, they should have a Claymore fight. I expect to see a reenactment at the festival of Scotland's <laughs> famous heroes. Um, and Sean and, Connery, and Connor McLeod, William Wallace. Liam Neeson as Rob Roy. Uh, Liam Neeson as Rob Roy. Is Sean Connery the only one of these that's actually Scottish? <laughs> I believe so, yeah. Um, so I realise the historical William Wallace was Scottish, but you know what yes. I mean. And other Scottish heroes, such as Robert the Bruce. Uh, Robert Burns. Oh, um... Did you know, I th- Ian think Banks. Uh, King David of Scotland conquered yeah. as f- 
far south as I want to say Lancaster. Um, This was during the civil war between King Stephen and Empress Maud, uh, who despite having Empress Maud is a great name. Yeah, sounds quite Scottish, but she was actually like Norman. Weren't they all French? Weren't all the Stuarts basically French as well? Um, They're like, oh yeah, King of the Scots or whatever. Like maybe. It's so like, they were Stuart like, now... instead of Stuart? <laughs> I used to assume everyone was French. I don't know, it's probably not true. I mean, there was the old alliance. That, that's it. Then they all moved to London or whatever, and you're like, I'm never stepping foot in Scotland again. You're like, you're <laughs> king of Scotland. You're like, yeah, but... Not if we can help it. Um, I mean, the current royal family seem to go to Balmoral a lot. Yeah, apparently William and Kate were up here the other week. There was a lot of police for some reason. Because I worked like... Five minutes walk from Holyrood Palace, three minutes walk from Holyrood Palace. So it's all very weird. Yep. Uh, so this has been, gentlemen, don't get caught. Discussion of of the song near Wild Heaven. Thank That's you right. for joining us. It's thank you. It's it's weird. What's what's going on? <laughs> we'll be back next time to talk about Endgame, which probably would be more appropriate this episode. <laughs> Which is a song about Thanos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Avengers Endgame. Um, big, big comic book fans at R.E.M. Everyone knows it. Uh, everyone knows it. Yes. I'm really tired of comic book movies, Ali. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of enjoy them while I'm watching them, but don't really go out of my way. Yeah. They are, like, very much my plain films of choice. Yeah, they're pretty good for playing. I quite enjoyed Into the Spider-Verse. I think that was the last one that I like, genuinely remember liking, as opposed to just being like, oh, I guess I watched this, this because fine. it's on a plane. Yeah. yeah, or something. I, yeah, I quite enjoyed the Thor third movie. I don't know what happened there. The third Ragnarok. Thor movie. Ragnarok. Yes, Ragnarok yeah. was pretty good. I mean, anything that has Ragnarok in the title is automatically going to... Um, yeah, you that know. was quite enjoyable. But I also yeah. felt like it... I realised it did connect to the larger story, but not very much. And I think maybe that was the key thing. Yeah. Like, I've been reading this epic fantasy book, and this is the fourth book, and they're each, like, over a thousand pages long. But there's also, like, other series set in the same universe. And the first three books, I, like, never felt like I needed to know anything about the rest of the universe. Like, I, I was aware that there were a couple of characters that appeared in other books. But, like, they didn't really tie together and you're like, whatever, it's just, I don't need to know this. And then suddenly I'm on the fourth book and I'm enjoying them, but I'm just like, I don't have the time or capacity to, like, read the rest of the series, the other mm. series is. And then you're just like, I don't understand what's going on. And I bet I would if I read the other books. <laughs> and you're like, I don't you. want to do it. I don't want to do it. So I ended up re- spending a whole evening reading synopses on the internet. <laughs> but I'm just like, ugh, it's a bit, dis- it's just, it's a bit discouraging. You're like, why can you not just read one thing without having to know about another thing? It's like the same with the movies. Why can't I just not watch a film without having to watch 20 other films? Because <laughs> that's how capitalism works, Lynn. Oh, it's just... Bleh. Everyone just go and watch Legends of Stardust Brothers instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a thing that you can understand most of without understanding much context. Yeah. But there you go. <laughs> I'm off camera now. Hi, <laughs> Um, Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Turn on narrator. Toggle switch. On.
gdgcpodcast at gmail.com. It's so stupid, Ali. It's so stupid. Have you ever been to, to Gretna? Uh, 